Welcome once again to, to the Life House Beloved podcast. Hi, Lena. Hello. So it's Lena and I again. And uh, we started a series last week on looking, we, we called the series No Cross, No Crown. And we, we're looking at what Jesus calls the cost of discipleship. He tells us that there is cost involved in following him and being his disciple. And the cost of that is that we have to actually pick up our cross and carry it and follow him. And so we're trying to unpack for you what that actually means, what it looks like. Um, practically what a cross looks like maybe and how you pick it up and how you follow him. And we started with the point last week of what is your particular cross and that can vary from person to person obviously and, and it may be different as well in different seasons in your life. And so we looked at two points last week. The first point was that carrying your cross or your particular cross might actually be giving up of certain pleasures or indulgences. And I mentioned as well that it may be giving up stuff as, or it could be taking on stuff. So it just depends on what the situation is. And um, Lena, do you want to just maybe just give a one-sentence brief thing about what, what that point was, giving up of certain pleasures or indulgences? Uh, yep, this is pretty much about laying down your desires and what you want to do for Jesus. Awesome. So anything really that keeps you away from obedience to him basically might be something that you have to give up. And the pleasures and indulgences in themselves may not be bad, but you know, it might yeah. just be something for a season you've got to lay down. Yeah, anything that gets in the way of us you know, following God 100%. That's right. Good. Thank you. Um, the second point we looked at is that your particular cross, and I think actually this one is something that everybody will at some point um, face because Jesus said we would, will be the endurance of enduring false accusations and hatred. And G- Jesus does tell us that they hated him, and so if they hated him, they are going to hate us as well. Anything to say there, Lena? Um, no. Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> All right, tonight we're going to, the third point we're going to look at is that your cross might be suffering of losses and other various other persecutions for Christ's sake. Take mm. it away, Lena. I was thinking about this point and, you know, looking back in my life, this happened, you know, pretty early on in, in my Christian walk. I remember pretty much straight off the bat um, losing friendships when people found out that I was now a Christian. Um, yeah, I remember, yeah. I was they must just, just think you get weird or something, hey? Yeah, you get all weird and... Holier yeah. than none. <laughs> yeah, straight, you know, straight off the bat, like... Um, if you look at like how many, it's like Jesus lost so many people, like, you know, he had the the Pharisees and those guys against him. But if you look at his, his disciples, you know, when he gave them certain teaching, they would say, this is a harsh teaching. And many of them walked away from him. Yeah, and right. even his, his closest friends deserted him in his sort of final hours. And And that's such a good point to remember because, you know, you do feel rejection when it happens and you do take it personally and it does hurt. And I think... It just helps to realise, like you said, that Jesus had exactly the same. And in fact, there was the one day where a whole lot of them left him and he turned to the remaining 12 and said, are you going to leave me too as well? So, yeah, yeah. certainly that did. I think that's a, a really good point, Carolyn. Um, you know, it's okay to feel hurt, to feel yes. anger, to, to feel that rejection. Um, that's okay and that's normal. Like, you know, we, we need to grieve. I remember I've lost friendships over my stance on, on the word and there is a grieving process that you go through. Yep, yep. And, and that's the thing, as you say, you know, is there's nothing wrong with it. God has given us the emotions, so they're not bad or good in themselves. 
it's really what we do with it, isn't it? And, you yeah. know, it is certainly permissible to go through the time of grieving and stuff as long as you don't sin in that time. Mm. And I just want to say, just looking at this point, you know, I'm conscious that there are people around the world listening that do listen to this. And I just have to say that we know that there are brothers and sisters in Christ who get jailed, beaten, and even lose their lives for Christ's sake. So really their, their persecutions and their crosses you know, are very different to what we face in the first world. And so I just yeah. want to encourage them as well, you know, to just to hold on to the word and just know that you're doing it for Jesus' sake and, you know, he will carry you through and you'll, you'll get your reward one day. And so just hang in there. And um, just really, our, you know, our first world persecutions don't even compare to that. But, you know, what we do have to face in the first world is that we have to really fight complacency and... Um, a sense of almost not needing God because, you know, or, or so we think. I mean, of course we always need God, but our lives can be so comfortable. Um, you know, we can have all our needs met and, and, you know, we've got money and stuff that actually can often lull you into you don't even realise that you, you know, you're not depending on God um, and so you think you don't need him. And I just want to read to you from Revelations chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, and this is what Jesus is saying. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You said I'm rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see and, you know, just just to put that in there um, for us, just to to realise that, you know, certainly, you know, we may not have, we, we don't have the persecutions where we, we lose our life or stuff like that, but we need to just be so careful that we don't get cold towards Christ and walk away just mm. because our lives are so comfortable and we don't even realise we're slipping away. Yeah. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah. Yes. I have... and so and and and, I mean you might think where's this point going when it's talking about suffering of losses and things but one of the losses that you may be asked to to endure or across that you may have to carry is is financial loss and the reason I put in that scripture there is because um, that happened in the Bible there was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus and, and said I've done this and I've done that what you know further do I have to do to follow you and Jesus actually challenged him with that and said that you need to give up everything, give all your money to the poor and then come and follow me. And he went away sad because he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. He wasn't prepared to do it. And I guess that's the point I'm making, that we can get really complacent and comfortable and not realise that we're actually not prepared to do that. And if we are called to lose everything, are we prepared to do it? Can yeah. we actually carry that cross? Yeah. And also just, you know... Um being content in, in, in all things sort of thing. Um, it can be really hard in, you know, the first while that we live in, we, we're surrounded by um, advertising, you know, which is all based on the power of comparison, yes. comparing our lives to someone else. And, you know, we can look at, um, I'm not saying that all Christians are poor or have no money, but often we will make the choice um, to choose less of an income or, um, give away a lot of our money so that we can invest in eternal things, kingdom things, and choose to um, live and go without sort of thing. And um, it can be it can be hard to look around at other people's lives. They seem everything's got 
sew together, they got a beautiful home and they got a beautiful car and house full of beautiful things and beautiful holidays and it can be hard to go, well, you know, I'm following Jesus and look at what I got, but what we have is far richer. That's right. And and what you said there in the beginning, to be content and to have the attitude that everything is his anyway. Mm. And I think if you have that, you can be content. And so, yeah, when it comes to that and financial loss, it's also that we need to view money. And I spoke about this in my sermon. Then We need to view money as a tool for extending the kingdom. And if we're called to lose it all, then it's not going to be a major problem, you know, because we are prepared to do that. And, and it's not like your whole world is absolutely collapsed and everything's, yeah. you know. Um, we were broken into early last year, and um, which at the time seemed like a bad thing. Our house got broken into and we had a whole lot of things stolen from us. But I'm so glad that happened because um, I was, it was, you know, the power of material possessions was was broken. That hold it had was broken in me because I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter if my stuff gets stolen. Yeah, you still I, you survive. survive. Yeah. I don't need it. It's just a material possession. Um, and, you know, that was great, you know. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And that's it because... You know, it loses, if it hasn't got a hold on you money, then, you know, really there's nothing, you know, to, to pull you in, um, and, you yeah. know, get you to compromise. And there's no fear. Yeah. And that's the whole thing Jesus came to set us free. And if, if we're really storing too much in that, um, putting too much store in that, and that's our security, which it yeah. shouldn't be, then there's fear that goes with that. Yeah, definitely. So it releases well, you. The money is one of my struggles to not allow that to be an idol and to get my security from money and... um to not have that as a consideration when I make decisions that it's based on what Jesus wants and he is my provider sort of yeah. thing. So, yeah, there is definitely a lot of fear based in, oh, but if God, if you want me to do this, that means this sort of thing. Yes. And, oh, I don't yes. know if that's because you're out of, con- you're out of control. God's got, God's got to provide for you sort of thing. Yeah, um, and we don't like that, do we? Because, no. it, yeah, just I know that I have the same struggle and it's the whole security thing and really it shows me where my security is, you know, and it's not always where it should be. And just thinking about that, Lena, just remember that for future. I think that we could actually do a podcast topic on that because it's a really, you know, important um, issue on finances and stuff. Um, one of the other losses as well, and you mentioned this last week, Lena, could be loss of relationships and friendships. Do you want to just recap a bit on that? Yeah. I just talked about how um, our Christ and the church is our true family. It's our true home. And, you know, we have the saying, you know, blood's thicker than water, meaning talking about how our our family is more important than anything else and no matter what happens, we stick by our family. But actually... Jesus is our blood family, the church is our blood family and no matter what happens we stick by Jesus, we stick by the church and we stand on the word come what may even if that will cause loss of family relationships. And and that's the important thing that you said they stand on the word and unfortunately you know it doesn't mean just because you're a Christian that your whole family might be Christian or standing on the word and so when you do take that stand it does cause that whole clash and, as you say, you may lose friendships, relationships, family relationships. And Jesus himself tells us in the word, he says, I haven't come to bring peace, but I've come to bring a sword. And he goes on to say, mother will be turned against daughter, etc. And and really, um, and he says that the members of a person's or man's own household will become his enemies. And it is exactly that. It's because you're going to have some people in a family taking a stand 
on Christ and on his word, and that is going to cause friction and cause division and alienate them. And, you know, that's what he warns us it's going to happen. And so for some people that is there, certainly a cross that they have to bear and pick up and carry. I mean, there are people in countries where just becoming a Christian, their family would kill them. Mm. And, you know, that's a cross that they might have to carry. So, And it's because as you base your life on the word Christ in you becomes an offence to them because of that whole thing that I spoke about last week where, um, you know, you might not even be saying and judging them, but it's just that, you know, you make them feel uncomfortable. And, you know, the the Bible as well is very clear um, just on this whole loss of relationships as well because it talks as well that if you have a sinning brother or sister in Christ and someone that causes division, the Bible says have nothing to do with them, do not even eat with them. So there's clear scriptural precedence as well for actually there may be times when you have to actually cut a relationship yourself as well. Yeah, just to be clear, it's not, oh, that person's done something bad, I will shun them and not speak to yes, them. Yes, yes, no, the, of course um, not. But a yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There is a process, but, you know, there is scriptural that, that, that sometimes you have to cut a relationship. Yeah, and yeah. Because, and, and, you know, even that, that is a cross because it's something you have to do following Jesus, and sometimes people don't do it, and it will lead them into compromise, you know. You don't want to have to do it, but there are certainly times when it's called for and we have to do that. Mm. um, And people often use um, the whole, they talk about, you know, God is a God of love and peace, and they use that as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, as to back up their claims. Yeah, to just legitimise or, yeah, or justify. Justify accepting people in sin yeah. and not dealing properly with, you know, sin issues. Um, but as Carolyn mentioned, you know, Jesus wasn't, peace does not mean everything's okay. We sweep yes. everything out of the carpet yeah. and we don't deal with sin. We, we don't ever have conflict. That's not, not peace. And there's the whole concept of peacekeeper versus peacemaker, isn't there? You know, um one of them is where you are just compromising, sweeping just to keep things, you know, the status quo. And that's not what we're called to do. You know, we're called to stand on the word. Yeah. Um, okay, now, uh, and, and what I just want to point out, you you know, it does hurt and it is personal. You know, I've sort of sometimes thought, oh, I should not take it personally, but it is personal and it hurts. But we need to remember, and this is sad though, but it's not really you that they hate, it's Jesus in you. Yeah, and that's what he tells us in his word. They're going to hate you because of me, basically. So you know, just while it's not pleasant to go through, just take encouragement from that. That you know, you're certainly in good company, and you've got someone who understands. The fourth point that we look at, and I'm just, um, you know, these I didn't mention. I don't think at the beginning that I've taken these points from Charles Spurgeon's sermon called Crossbearing. Um, they're really good points. And the fourth one, I'm just going to read to you what he says, and then we'll talk a bit about it. And some of it, the language is a little bit old-fashioned. He was around in the 1800s. Do you know anything about him, Lena? He's... Um, he started the Methodist movement or something like that. But he was such a mighty man of God. He was actually, he's been known as the Prince of Preachers and he still, you know, has that. And um, David was just telling me an interesting thing about him. He said that there was, he preached once a sermon on hell um, and the people in the congregation actually were begging him to stop because they could feel like it was like they could feel the flames of hell. But he was just Mm -hmm. so anointed and just such an awesome man of God. Um, So, you know, we can really learn a lot um, from him and and his sermons. So the fourth point he says it's certainly, and this is, remember, talking about 
what your particular cross might look like. It certainly means the consecrating of all to Jesus, the bowing of my whole self beneath the blessed burden of service with which he honors me. And I just want to pull out those words, the blessed burden of service. And I just love that because, um, you know, sometimes I've had to catch myself where I've found myself sort of saying, oh, you know, like it's a burden I have to tolerate or, you know, a burden I've got to be able to sign resignation, you know, oh, the cost of leadership or whatever. And it's, it's, it's just service, isn't it? And we are so blessed to actually be given that. Lena's laughing. Maybe it's because she can I'm relate like, to what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's see, Lena. I'm, I'm laughing because um, Ben was telling me this week um, that church ministry is like my crack. It's like I'm addicted to it like a heroin addict. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So, so Lena doesn't see it as a burden. So, um, yeah, we give her, no, it's not a burden and it's just a privilege, isn't it? Yeah, so that's awesome. But that just means you're just fully sold out on Jesus, right, and, <laughs> yep. and doing what he calls you to do. So, But Lena does have our roles in her size, you know, with the... The burden part sometimes, right? <laughs> I've seen it. perfect in every yeah, way. And right. I'm cleaning that toilet. Never <laughs> a resentful thought comes in my mind to better way. <laughs> so really, though, that, that point that, that's just making as you're across, it's really like everything. We just give everything to Jesus and everything we do is for him. Have you got anything else that you had under that, Lena? Yeah. Um, if we look at Joshua 24, um, Joshua is like putting out a, um, a massive challenge to the Israelites you know he's talking about who who are you going to serve and he says um and choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living but as for me and my household we will serve the Lord so he had this big choice there and Matthew 22 looks at we need to love God with all of our heart, our soul, with our mind, all that we are. So our whole life is to be given over, not just the parts that we're comfortable with. Yep. Anna actually in our service on Sunday had this amazing quote from Carl Lentz. Oh, yeah, that was um, good. Yeah, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So if Jesus isn't Lord of all, of all our life, he's not Lord of anything in our life. Yeah. Um, and um, that was a great, that was just a great thought for me. You know, so often um, in my walk I've looked at places being like, oh, God, I'm just not ready to hand that over to you. I'm just, I'm not comfortable. I want to I wanna look after I wanna that. I want to hold on to the snake for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm not ready. I want to hold on to it, um, you know, and I can't do that sort of thing. And I've, you know, even sort of grown up with some teaching like, you know, it's okay, it's a journey, you've got to walk into it, da, 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 sort of thing. Um, but lordship means lordship, that means everything, that means a total surrender of all that we are, you know, our whole, our whole beings, our whole days, our whole life, everything, and that's what Jesus demands of us. Yeah, that's right, yeah, and we don't often in this world like to be told, you know, anyone putting demands on us, you know, we have our rights and it's giving up and realising you don't have any rights, eh? You don't like the idea of slavery to Jesus. But, you know, if we really understand what it is, it's in that that we have our truest freedom, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I just want to, you know, I am listening intently to to Lena and, you know, your points are good, but I just want to say, have you been in the sun lately, Lena? Because I'm just seeing some big white 
like sunglasses <laughs> around your eyes. Uh, you're lazy about reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, not to, to lighten anything that you've been saying. That's just awesome. So yeah, so that was just really giving everything over to Jesus, everything in your life. And um, the, the fifth point that we have is that, you know, picking up your particular cross involves enduring anything that is the Heavenly Father's will with patience and, you know, thanksgiving. So really whatever he sends your way or if he hasn't actually put it on you, he's certainly allowed it for whatever reason because all of this is, is for growth and strengthening and it's really just enduring that. Mm. Our attitude, our motivation is so important. Our attitude when we're undergoing a trial and we're having to sacrifice something, we're bearing our cross, our attitude can actually disqualify us from the goal. Um, you know, if I'm, if I, the example of the cleaning toilets, if I'm cleaning toilets and resenting it, then I'm not serving or honouring God. Yeah. Um, I'm doing that in my flesh. If I'm doing it with a cheerful and glad heart, then I have served my king. That's right. And I've actually learnt something. Yeah. I've got and my little bonus points in heaven. And I love that though, isn't it? It's not about what it looks like always. It might not always be something flash and, you know, upfront ministry. And it is all about attitude. And really what we're talking about here is dying to self. Mm. You know, this is, um, you know, what God has called me to be or whatever. And, and, and certainly the attitude with, that you do yeah. it with is going to make all the difference. Well, definitely. You look at the, the talents sort of um, parable that Jesus talks about. You know, often our ministry looks like it starts off small. It looks like small little things. And we have to do that with a cheerful and glad heart. And eventually God will promote us. Right, yes, definitely. Yeah, but if we, you can't expect some big platform ministry and to do all the fun, flashy yeah, ministries. Right. And um, they're not even so fun, are they? You know, there's a lot that goes on that people don't see, but it's that whole comparison as well, isn't it, of looking yeah. at what looks. Yeah, yeah, we need to have a, a, a good attitude throughout all of it because how we've said this so many times before, God's not going to entrust you with, mm, big with bigger ministry things, yeah. if you can't even do... The small things yeah, well. Exactly. Which looks like, you know, you're showing up yep. first and you're the last to leave. You do yeah. everything with a good attitude. You do it the best of your ability, not like that'll that'll do. She'll be right. Yeah, mate. yeah. And you know, I think a really important point to, to talk about as well that relates to that and, and with the carrying the cross is that it builds resilience, like Carrying your cross builds resilience and it builds weight and it builds strength in you and that is so necessary for you to sustain the weight of your ministry and your calling that you have and, and builds character. And if you're not prepared to to pick this up and do it, then you're not ever going to have that character and, and be able to carry what, you know, the weight of what's coming. And, and as you said as well, is God that promotes. And so just having a humble attitude and a right attitude. And, you know, it's it's particular to each person. God has got things designed specifically for you and so it's really important not to be comparing and you know hankering after what someone else has but we'll talk about that more in the next point anyway so yep so anything else to add to that no i think we've covered it up yes yeah, so what um so what we've looked at that was just that sort of wraps up the first point um what is your particular cross all right, and so as I said before, your particular cross, um, you know, may look different to somebody else's. It may look different within different seasons of your life as well. And it's just really all about attitude and picking it up and doing it with the right attitude, whether it be picking up something, taking something on, or whether it be letting something go. 
and just quickly, the points we looked at, it can be giving up of certain pleasures or indulgences. It might be where you have to actually endure false accusation and hatred. And I think I mentioned that everyone will have to endure that at some point because Jesus tells us. And um, the third one is that you might have to suffer loss and other persecutions for Christ's sake. And the fourth point we, we was talking about consecrating all to Jesus is really just submitting, you know, and giving over everything to him. And then the fifth point as well is just enduring it with patience and thanksgiving and basically just having a thankful heart, a grateful heart, and being content with what God's called you to. Mm. And then, so I think what we'll do, um, what's the time like, Lena? We, should we start the next point or we'll wrap it up now and leave it till next week? All right, I'm going to start wrapping up. So what we'll do is next week we'll actually look at uh, the second point that we have is that what, what, what are we actually to do with our cross? How do we take it up? And just to remind you as well that, you know, your cross that you have, as I said, it's, it's chosen for you by God. So, you know, we really need to have the right attitude. Charles Spurgeon puts it like this, my cross is well, wisely, kindly, and surely chosen for me by my Lord. So thank you once again for joining. Oh, sorry, Lena's got a point. She blew my lovely uh, ending. (laughs) You're doing so well. Um, I just wanted to give a challenge of um, from that Carl Lentz quote: "If having a look at your life and is Jesus Lord of everything, or have there is there things that you've held back from Him? So if Jesus isn't Lord of all, He's not Lord of anything." Yeah, and that's really I love that quote. It's like yeah, Mm. you can't have someone being Lord of just parts. Yeah. All or nothing. Yeah. And that's what it is with Jesus, isn't it? All or nothing. So, yeah, that's a great challenge. So just think about that this week and see what you come up with. All right. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. So you can check us out on www.life-house.net. Lena's rolling her eyeballs at half. (laughs) Or you can check us out on Facebook. Thank you. See you next week. Bye.